Kenobi Part 6 is here, and honestly, ah! we're diving into it. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and the traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I'm your host, electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I'm joined by the greatest minds the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Ha, the Klein Felt. David Thompson didn't kill the box office. I did. Air of Native and Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jack Sunville Hughes. June 22nd, 2022. Book market is one of the most emotional roller coaster days of my entire life. Absolutely. And joining us this week is Wikipedia administrator, Supreme Emperor Jordan. I think there's only one thing you can really say about that episode today, and that was screaming, sobbing, hyperventilating. In that order. Exclusively in that order. We are recording on June 22nd, 2022, which means the circle is now complete as we talk part six of Obi-Wan Kenobi! In our supreme leading flagship topic. And we will cover the most important single story of all time in the galaxy of Galaxy News in the Rebel Report. But before all of that, let's check in with the smartest execute order 75% of this podcast. We're going to jump to the Supreme Emperor. How are you doing, my guy? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having us on, guys. Of course. Thank you for joining us. And to all of the um, fellow Wookiees out there. That was good. That was good. Uh, rumor has it you're also up there around the Hoth sector. What's your weather like up there? Uh, we're hitting highs of mid to high 30s. So it's, about time, to, it's, about, it's about time to shave that Wookiee pelt. Exactly. That is Celsius. The Canadians are taking over, boys. It is happening. We've done it. <laughs> this is the proper system. Hmm. I, I like how we have two Canadians and two Floridians. Somehow, <laughs> Alpatine returned. Climb. And the chaos runs too. Oh, oh, yes. Madness. Klein, what's your weather like? Is it is it still, was it cold last week or hot last no, week? No, we were flooding, man. We're, oh, we're underwater. Yeah, we're underwater. Still continuing to be underwater. It hasn't rained quite as much uh, as it was last week. It's looking a little less like Camino, a little more like Dagobah. But um, I'm here. I'm thriving. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nothing super crazy going on. Wow, that's a surprise. Jack-Jack, uh, how you doing, jack son Pews? Uh, anything crazy going on in your part of Florida? There's always crazy things going on in my part of Florida. Uh, I just signed, well, I guess kind of signed a lease today to move out for the very first time. I know I'm Woo! growing up, guys. I'm a Padawan now. Uh, that will be happening in mid-July. Um, 
excited for that. Um, I don't know, Thomas, there's one thing I want to talk about. Do we talk about it at the top just like real quick, just a shout out, or do we wait till the end? I don't know. Uh, it's about one of our other friendly neighborhood podcasts out there. We'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. Okay, we'll do it sure. at the end. We, we, love, we love our people. Yeah. Yeah, I'll sum it up and just say, yeah, it's been an emotional roller coaster of a day. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of personal stuff going on for all my friends, uh, including myself. Like it's it's all been it's all been great. Some some bad, some good, some great, some amazing. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Star Wars. I can't wait. Yeah, it it has been a day. It's been a great day. I've cried for so many different reasons. It was Kenobi, then it was Crowley, then it was Klein, then it was Jack. David, my mom, a dog I saw was just too cute not to cry. I mean, the tears have been flowing all day, and I'm going to blame little Leia. But before we can dive into our supreme leading flagship topic, we have to get the favorite, it's the favorite segment of every episode we've ever had with a new person, and that is the Supreme Emperor Star Wars origin story. Huzzah, huzzah. All right, so my story starts back in the early 2000s. Now, it wasn't the movies or anything like that for me. It was a used copy of Heir to the Empire that I picked up at a used bookstore. Growing well, up, I, I, yes, I, knew all, I knew the basics of, like, you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father and all that. That was the one that did it for me, though. Was the, that was the one that sucked me in. I, I devoured that trilogy. Went on to the Jedi Academy trilogy and then just started snapping up everything I could find. Didn't matter if it was like midway through another series I hadn't read. I'll just get it and Wikipedia will fill in the gaps. Here we are now, 2022. Haven't looked back since. Still digging into the rabbit hole. So what you're saying is you're a big Thrawn guy. Yes. Oh, oh man. Mm. Everyone drink, Thomas. <laughs> We're taking over! Suck it, Klein. Thomas loves Thrawn. He brings him up every episode. I'm surprised he didn't use his full name. Go ahead, Thomas. You can do it. Grand Admiral Mithran Urodo. Exactly. There you go. Thank well, you. There Klein. it is. Everyone at home drink. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is that's so you got in with the books, which is yeah. the, fantastic. Yeah, that was just kind of what hooked me. Like, uh, and then I saw you know uh, Revenge of the Sith when it first came to theaters. I saw that, and then that just kind of. That just kind of furthered the rabbit hole. Can I ask a question, Jordan? Yes. How old are you? Because I, I, I have a feeling that you are around. Were you privy? Were you cognizant of like when episode one and episode two were coming out? Were you, were you, were you old enough, I guess? Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm. Cool. And the movies in the movies, they didn't, they weren't, that's amazing. I mean, those timid, those books are absolutely incredible so that's awesome we've had people it's funny thomas we've had people come on and talk about the movies that have hooked them we've had people like jack who's tv and and the and the uh the sequel trilogy for me it was the lego star wars video game like we've had it's it's funny how different things how different everyone everyone's stories are yeah mm -hmm. and we end up all at this exact same point exactly crying over a grown man saying goodbye to a little girl uh we're saying hello there to a little boy. That yes. sounded worse than out loud was... than I meant it. But you're our first, <laughs> you're our first book originer, and I'm so excited because these nerds here, uh, 
Klein and Jack have have never read a book of Star I'm Wars. Actually, yeah, I'm illiterate. So thanks for bringing <laughs> it up, Tom. Bullshit. <laughs> Jack, that is bullshit. Is it? Is it Mr. Eating Dinner while we're recording? <laughs> Chaos. At least it wasn't like an apple, like. Crunch. It's a cookie. Leave me alone. You didn't bring cookies for the class. What a padawan! Sorry, I didn't deliver them. Well, hey, it wouldn't be too far to get to me. I mean, Canada, different story. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump into our supreme leading flagship topic. As you all know, we're jumping into Kenobi Part 6. We're gonna, we got a lot to talk about here, fellas. So let's go ahead and jump right into thoughts and feelings. Make sure you use the Force. We'll start with you, Klein. This was literal perfect television. Um, I have so many feelings. There was screaming. There was crying. There was hyperventilating. I made sounds that I didn't know my body could make. Um, say what you will about the rest of the series. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi as a whole was a success. Uh, it slowed down a little bit in there, but I absolutely loved it. Um, this is what a journey. I can't believe it's over. Mm. Jordan, what about you? Wow. Just, just wow. That was, um, that was just absolute perfection. We hit every point I wanted to, including the uh, hello there. Mm. And so many other little throwbacks, such as, you know, Vader having the high ground. And uh, I'm going to echo the screaming, sobbing, hyperventilating. That's, that is exactly what's been happening. Jack, Jack. Um, yeah, I, I kind of put it in my tweet this morning. But when I didn't have a grin on my face, uh, I was just sobbing. Uh, it was either grin or sob, grin or sob, going back and forth. Um, this episode was incredible. It's some of the best I think Star Wars has given us. Definitely some of the best, if not, well, de- I'll just say definitely some of the best that Disney Star Wars has given us since they bought the company uh, back in 2012. Um, this day has been an emotional roller coaster, and it all started with this episode. I'll just I'll, I'll put it like that. Um, it's everything I wanted from the show. Uh, unfortunately, just for me, I didn't get that throughout the entire series. But I am so happy that they stuck the landing the way they did. Um, I said I don't know if I said this last week, but the finale I knew was either gonna maybe not make or break the series, but it was gonna significantly influence where I was gonna land overall with the series, mm. and um, is definitely elevated. Uh, the show to new heights. I, yes, this episode did things to my body that a piece of media should never be able to do outside of a triple X rating. Um, it sounds worse Ew. out loud. <laughs> oh, God. When I say it, I was just trying to hype it up. But if I'm being dead honest, Klein, I made weird sounds. Uh, I didn't know I could sound like a Yorkie while crying, while screaming. It was weird. They should not work, but they did. I uh, jumped up at a certain point, almost hit the ceiling. I was on the couch, almost hit the ceiling and had to kind of shift left. And I landed on the other side of the couch. Uh, and then whew, I slapped my face at four different play- points. Like I'm uh, Macaulay Culkin and I'm just like, oh, they're doing it. They're doing it. Uh, and there's nothing else I can say. Oh, also, real quick, shout out Baru, White Sun Lars. I'm going to marry that woman. It's I don't know how. 
because she's fictional, but it's it's gonna happen. Let's go ahead and dive right on in to everyone's favorite thing, the plot. Reva is on Tatooine looking for Owen and Luke, while the Path Rebels are limping away from Vader's Devastator. Roken reveals to Kenobi that the power couplings are bad, shock, and the motivators are shot. Oh, okay, unfortunate. They need more time than they have. Classic Rebels. Leia is helping distract the young ones from fear with Lola. Kenobi mentions that he may need Lola, because he's afraid, and we cut back to Tatooine. Luke and Owen enter a shop to tow enter a shop looking for a new speeder belt because Luke broke the last one. Cut back to the rebel ship, and Leia is upset Ben is leaving. She feels abandoned, don't we all? Everyone else questions him about staying together, and Haja promises to get Leia home. Kenobi, in that section, says, You've spent ten years protecting the Jedi. This is my chance to return the favor. You're the future. You're what needs to survive. Back on Tatooine, Owen tells Baru about Reva, and Baru is adamant they are not leaving their home or putting anyone else in danger. Quick sidebar, this is the Baru that helped free slaves in Queen's Hope. This is the Baru that raised Luke as her own. This is the on-screen justice Baru deserves. I love her, and I want to marry her. Back to the plot. Kenobi apologizes to Leia for not getting her home and asks her to tell Bale that he did try. Dude, do not, there is no try. He gives her Talos holster, and Leia promptly says, it's empty. Kenobi says, you're 10 years old, but you won't always be. Klein definitely cried here. Roken says this isn't about protecting the people. It's about Kenobi versus Vader. Thank you, Roken. I agree. Kenobi tells Roken he's a great leader and to never stop leading, to which he says, I've only just begun. Uh, Roken didn't use the accent, it just slipped out. Kenobi is alone on a ship, and Vader wants to follow Kenobi and Kenobi alone. The Grand Inquisitor really questions this, and what a great face he had. From this point forward, we're going to have to change the way we talk about the plot, so let's discuss this opening segment of Kenobi. Klein, start us off. Um, I mentioned in my general thoughts that there were a lot of tears I just oh my god like just thinking about this makes me like want to tear up every every leia and obi-wan interaction throughout this series is precious is that ewan and this young actress have so much chemistry like in, in and they bounce off of each other so well i mean this little girl's a superstar but this scene in particular to open this episode i'll focus on like it sealed it for me. We get more of this as the episode goes on. But that the line from Obi-Wan to the crew kind of saying like, hey, you guys have spent 10 years protecting the Jedi. Like that's that is you and McGregor's Obi-Wan at its absolute finest. But like the whole like, you can't go, you can't leave. You're going to take me home. And he's like, no, I got to do this. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, the line that that made me start tearing up and then didn't stop throughout the episode was the uh, you're 10 years old, but you won't always be. And I was just like, oh, because because I know what she becomes. Anyways, um, it, it was pretty special. Um, I immediately, on the Tatooine stuff, immediately kind of thought, like, am I going to care about this? I mean, they very quickly dashed those those, those questions. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really liked how this episode opened, especially after kind of the, um, the highs that we left last episode. Mm. on um i was wondering how they're gonna pick things up and yeah i dug i dug this especially that leia and obi-wan stuff 
Yeah. Shout, shout out Lil Leia and Vivian Lyre Blair. She's just fracking crushing this. Jordan, we'll jump to you. Well, my thoughts the entire scene was, uh, as Klein mentioned, just that chemistry between them and how it's... He's come full circle to um, now mentoring Anakin's daughter. Um, you know, giving her this blaster holster, even though it's so uncivilized. And it just kind of brings him full circle right back to that Obi-Wan that we remember. The circle is now complete when you, Jack Sonville. <laughs> that's new. I like that. <laughs> I love how, like, that's my name now. It is. <laughs> I like it too. Um, the next time, the next time I watch a New Hope, I am not going to see it the same mm, yes. again. No, because definitely oh, not. This, 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 this series boosts a New Hope, which is saying a lot because it's pretty high already. <laughs> That's one of the best movies of all time. Um, yeah, my thoughts on this. It, I echo everything that Klein and Jordan have said. Um, I'll just kind of point out one little, one of my favorite little parts of this, uh, just to be different. Um, the Grand Inquisitor talking to Vader and being like, look, man, <laughs> I get you want to follow the Jedi, but like, let's focus on these people here. Like they are like possibly there's possibly like rebel seeds going on here. It's a rebel cell. Let's follow them. And it was like, uh, no, I want to get Kenobi in the Grand Inquisitor's face. Like, God damn it. I hate this job sometimes, man. <laughs> like He just he, he hates it. But at the same time, he gets to do, I guess, what he loves. I don't know if he loves what he's doing. Um yeah, I, the Grand Inquisitor, Rupert Friend. Uh, that's a good point. It's a good question. He loves reading the Jedi archives. <laughs> uh, Rupert Friend's done a fantastic job in this role, making it his own. Uh, I, I, I've already said that multiple times uh, throughout the series when we've been reviewing it, but just another shout-out, just kind of embodying that character, uh, but giving us something fresh. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Leia, Obi-Wan, God, like, crush my heart, why don't you? I love the shout out to the Grand Inquisitor, and this is our last time seeing him, if I'm not mistaken. So I gotta point out that in Rebels, he is so menacing and scary, those teeth. But in Kenobi, it's like Taika Waititi got a hold of him and said, still be arrogant, still be a little bit scary, but say a lot of things deadpan. Let's see what happens. And it really works. Like he walks up in five, he's like, hello. Dude, just so weird. And the, the face he makes is like, is like when uh, those gifs of puppies, when like they get too close and they're just like, "What are you doing? Like back up! Oh, I don't trust exactly. you." And and I'm pretty certain we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later, but I think someone ratted Vita out. You know what I'm saying? It might have been that Taika Vertiti guy. Um, let's let's jump to Tatooine where we're gonna wrap up Reva's story to a specific point in the timeline. Owen tells Luke that Tuscans are on the hunt again. Nice. To hide and run if he needs to run, of course. Reva, wheezing along the way, crosses the perimeter as the Lars family gets ready. When Reva enters, she's blasted in a two-prong attack from Owen pulling focus while he moves and Baru blasting her from a single angle point. Owen stands tall against Reva, using a big pipe and smacking her in her wound, causing her to slice the pipe and force push boxes into Owen until she pu force pushes him off the ledge and he hurts his leg. Ah, oh, my leg. Yeah, shout out Klieg. Owen tells Baru that Reva's coming and Baru pops out and smacks the fuck out of Reva and tells Luke to run. When Reva says he loves Luke like his own though, in this sequence, Owen retorts with so much grit that he is my own. 
Shout out Uncle Owen Lars. That's the scene right there where I'm like, oh, no, I do like Owen here. Um, and uh, Joel Edgerton, right? That's that's the actor. Crushes it. Shout out Joel. I don't think I've seen him since that boxing movie, if I'm being dead honest. It's been a while. Reva follows Luke into Beggar's Canyon when he is spotted by Reva. She force pulls him down into the canyon. And this is where we will pause this storyline real quick. What do we think about this point of the Reva storyline on Tatooine before we jump to the rematch of the century? Start with you, Jordan. And it's interesting that we're seeing kind of her true colors come out. This whole series, I was thinking, you know, she's embodying everything that is everything that it means to be a Sith. You know, the betrayal, the backstabbing, the only out for yourself. And then this just takes it to a new level. She's going for that very core thing that Sith go for pure revenge mm. where she wants to hurt vader the same way that he hurt her mm, interesting we'll go to klein um i i dug this uh i will say especially being the resident video game expert here i did find this whole sequence kind of video gamey and they just with the knocking over like there's like what if if there was one more gag i would have been like okay like this like she f- jumps over the barrels and then she does that like it, it just felt very like okay we have we have all these traps set up for her it felt very home alone um but i thought it was fine and i i, I liked no okay thomas you're home like, alone i know <laughs> I mean, but, it's in, it, but it's in the most serious scene of the series like it's it's it'd be different yeah. it felt it did feel that's a little fair. like wow she that's jumps fair. up over the yeah so um <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I did feel like they did a good job with this. I will say, and this is kind of one critique that I have had throughout the series, is when mm-hmm. they, they, they've been done a very good job of lighting scenes with lightsabers. Ooh. But when they're, when they're doing that and they have no other light set up and there is no lightsaber, I find it very hard to discern what is actually happening on screen. Maybe it's because I'm watching it in the, in the stark light of day on my TV and I can't see anything because uh, I have sunshine <laughs> coming into the room. But it's just like it is it is a note that I had where it is just maybe just a little too dark, like maybe just have like some little ambient light. Maybe the sun is just coming up or something um, because it, it did bug me a little bit. But the when she's walking around with just the red saber and that's the only thing lighting the scene, like it's cool as hell. Like this, that is the there's nothing will ever look cooler on screen. Jack, Jack, Sinville. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why it's cracking me up so much. Um, this was the one part of the episode that was very meh to me. Um, and it's not that it's really bad or anything. It's just compared to what we get in the rest of this episode. It's just, it to me, just doesn't live up to that. Um, I mean, how could it? But I, this the series has done a really good job of making me really invested Um in scenes that involve characters that we know survive, even though they're in like a life or death situation. And I think this is the one and only time where it, it just didn't really work for me. I didn't really care. Cause I'm like, I know all these people make it out. Um, they, I, I do think Moses Ingram was doing uh, a decent amount here, but it really isn't until we get that convergence, which we'll get to later in the plot um, where I start to really get invested in the story. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was meh. I have 
Well, I guess I'll say it now. I, I don't really like the editing choices made between cutting back and forth between this and the rematch of the century. Uh, it was kind of like, because again, like I, I just don't care as much about this story when we're literally seeing the rematch. Like it's, it's fair to say that is the rematch of the century. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. And it was just, it kind of, at points sucked the air out of the room, but everyone still did a really good job. I did like the writing of it. And Klein, you bring up a good point. I had a I had an issue with the choreography kind of going around here uh, or going on in the scene. And video game me is the perfect way to you know, talk, like say it or put it. Um, but yeah, it, it's not bad. It's just not amazing either. Not not great. I will say I, this is one of the moments, and there's a few throughout the episode that. This is the episode where they, I think, had to tightrope walk the most around plot stuff to make it make mm. sense in episode four. And so there's little mm -hmm. things like, has Luke seen a lightsaber before episode four? But then he's knocked out every, for the entirety of her having the lightsaber out. So they like they have these little things happen so that it does make sense in episode four. And I get it. They do a very decent job at, at, at providing, at walking that tightrope. But there were instances where I'm like, oh, she has her lightsaber out. That's weird. And then they cut to him and, oh, okay, he is knocked out. How, that is fairly convenient, but I understand why you have to do that. Wow, you guys are just picking stuff apart. Really quick, I like what Jack said uh, on the, you know, he's like, this was meh. Did you guys feel that the Rava stuff up to this point was meh? Because I think Jack just wanted Luke to die so he could be a clone in the original trilogy. <laughs> Thomas, that's what you <laughs> wanted. Don't throw that we're on just, me, man. We're just bringing back Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, Klein, did uh, you think this this point of Reva's story was meh? No. No, I didn't. I, I, I've been I've been Rava like not a Rava apologist. That makes it sound a lot worse than it is. I've been a Rava <laughs> fan since the first episode. Um, and I think that last week's episode justified all of the critiques that people may have had for her uh, because she was this crumbling figure. And, and I liked I liked her whole arc throughout the series. I'm going to be completely honest. I was skeptical going into the first episode. I liked what I saw there and I liked it all the way through. Um, I I enjoyed this Rava character and I hope we see more. Ooh. Jordan, Reva spinoff series. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I love it. I love it. I, I'm honestly, I've been a fan of the character since the start of the show. I think that Moses has done a fantastic job just stepping into this role. Um, and I think this one just really hit it home that this is a character who's very conflicted, who's never really been entirely sure what she wants. And now she kind of has an idea of where she wants to go. And she knows, at the very least, she knows where she doesn't want to be. Oh, and honestly, knowing where you don't want to be is sometimes more important than knowing where you do want to be. Uh, can speak for my own lonely childhood. But uh, I love Reva as well. We're not going to talk about Reva for a little bit because we're about to get to the rematch of the century. But I have been a fan of this character. You know, I, I wouldn't say I was skeptical going into episode one like Klein. I, I just didn't, didn't know care. what to expect. I didn't, yeah. I didn't care. I was like, I'm here for Kenobi. I'm here for Vader. And I want to see Vader kill an entire village. We <laughs> saw him kill three people. So that's good enough for now. But uh, I really did love Reva from the start. I loved watching her ride this, as the internet wants to call it, one note character all the way through. But that's just because they're not, they're not looking at the nuances of her looks, of her lip twitches. 
It might be the actor in me, but I've been so all in on Riva this entire time because of the little acting choices. If I'm going to be dead honest, from a pure acting standpoint, as just an actor that loses themselves in a character, it's Ewan McGregor as Kenobi. And then for me, it's it's Moses Ingram as Reva right there behind him. Those two characters have those two actors, excuse me, Moses Ingram and Ewan McGregor have been fucking crushing every little second of screen time they are given. And they do more without talking than than most characters are doing with talking in this series. If you kind of go back and watch, neither of them really talk that much. Most of the dialogue is from other people and explanations. Um, I love Reva. I would also marry Moses Ingram. Moses Ingram, I know you're a huge fan of the show. Uh, I would kiss your face and every single one of your piercings in your nose. Love it. Jack, Jack, your hand is raised. You didn't bring cookies for the class, though. Uh, I'm so sorry, guys. I will next time, I promise. Um, I just want to say, I do like the character of uh, Reva. Um, I liked her since episode one as well. Um, my only complaint with her was that I think it just took a little too long to get to the point uh, of her character, which we got in episode five. It's just for me, this this whole sequence happening here on Tatooine, it just wasn't too engaging for me. But I still love what's going on with her character. I just wanted, I just wanted to say that and throw that out there. You, I, 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 I can't believe you guys didn't like the video gamey aspect, especially from the video game guy of just <laughs> jumping over barrels, just like Mario back in like '86 or whatever. Like, come on, Game Boy is a classic. <laughs> None of you were alive for that. Actually, now that I think about it, the OG. Fuck means I'm old. Um, that means we should just jump right into the the. This is this is the point where we're gonna we might slow down a little bit and take our time because this is what we've been waiting for since this was announced this is what we've all been begging for since revenge of the sith ended and we're like oh man but like the next time they fight with lightsabers it's so dumb and boring and lame and no one cares well we care now kenobi lands on an unnamed planet and finds that lola is with him vader lands on the same planet alone in a lambda class shuttle and walks out to kenobi have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? I will do it, I must. Then you will die. Shout out Revenge of the Sith lines right there. Did I cry? You fucking know I cried. They clash as the score levels up. Uh, <coughs> they clash as the score up levels itself to choir, heavy trumpets, and strong strings evoking Battle of the Heroes, Duel of the Fates, and the Kenobi theme all at the same freaking time. Meanwhile, this fight is epic as frack. Vader's using moves we've seen from Vader and Anakin. He also threw in a couple of new wrinkles that we've never seen before, such as a Qui-Gon form four pose with his saber. Vader's never done that. I don't think we've ever seen Anakin even do that pose. I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, he did. Uh, Vader, uh, Kenobi shows his strength in the force. Um, holding uh, some stuff back, and Vader still sees his weakness. What is that weakness? We'll get to that. Vader gains the advantage, puts his hand on the ground, and cracks the ground with the force, causing Obi-Wan to fall and be covered in rubble. Vader stands above Kenobi and doesn't say, I have the high ground. And I was sad. I was very upset. But he does say, You have failed, Master. Real quick, did you think that was all we were about to get for this fight? We'll start with Jordan. 
No. Uh, as soon as I saw that Vader had the high ground, I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is this is gonna be a rematch of the century right here. We're gonna we're gonna get the rematch we've been waiting for since 2005. Mm. I love that, Jack Jack. Absolutely not. We were getting more. Are you kidding me? This was this was just the beginning of this fight. Vader ain't getting off that easy. Klein. As someone who's seen Spider-Man Homecoming, I knew this wasn't over, okay? He was not going <laughs> to sit under that pile of rubble and just let that fool walk away like that. I did think this was where we were going to get Qui-Gon, but, you know, Ooh, we, that, did, we I, obviously didn't. We, we obviously Same. didn't. I, I thought that he could pop up here. Um, yeah, you know, he was all just like, come on, Ben, come on, come on, Obi-Wan. Come on, Obi-Wan. He just got himself out of that rubble, really. Um, I, I won't lie. I put this question in here because I 100%. It was, granted, it was 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning. But I was like, is it over? Please don't tell me that's all we get. Like, he's walking away. Is he going to just leave Obi-Wan there? And then the line is, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. I thought that's where this line was going to tie in. He literally left him under the rubble. Like, that's where I thought we were going. So happy we didn't because kenobi holds the rubble with the force and begins to hear the dialogue of anakin and vader close around him and his heart then he glimpses leia and luke and suddenly his heart is filled with love and hope and padme and his resolve and strength then peak as he blasts out of the rubble sneaks up the vader and they clash again let's go kenobi uses moves we've yet to see he force pushes vader back hard something i don't believe we've ever seen ever vader getting force pushed back i mean a good oh god he got pushed out of the circle of violence if you understand fight choreography you know what that means he was pushed way out of that circle of violence kenobi kenobi then grabs a shit ton of rocks lifts them up and just chunks them at vader one by one all i could think is it's not about lifting rocks <laughs> yes i did cry here uh the score was so triumphant it was just something else and oh man when he lifted the rocks and this ah, just fucking god sang down kenobi then uses his hilt to break the breathing apparatus on vader's suit he catches Vader in the back with the lightsaber and force pushes him away again. And with a leaping slash, possibly my favorite Kenobi lightsaber thing ever. It's super simple, but he jumps up, steps on a rock, gets a leap up like he's a Superman, punch him in the face, and he slashes down onto Vader's mask. The left side of Vader's mask, our right, of course, seeing the face of Anakin inside for the first time, Kenobi calls to Anakin. Vader then speaks with Hayden's voice and James Earl Jones' voice blended together in a super beautifully creepy, distorted way, saying, Anakin is gone. I am what remains. Kenobi apologizes, and Vader says, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Kenobi lets this settle in his mind and says, then my friend is truly dead. Goodbye, Darth. He walks away. As Obi-Wan leaves the planet, 
He senses in the force Luke is in trouble and kicks it into hyperspace. Before we converge these storylines, Jack, I need you to edumacate the world on this fun fact you sent me this morning about Ahsoka, Kenobi, Look. Luke, and some kind of mask. Uh, you like that, Klein? Um, it's too bad this is an audio podcast because I, I know I you were. Jack was just Jack was just <laughs> flaunting his stuff. I'm just like, oh yeah, look at me. I had a fun fact. Go ahead, Mister Fun Fact. Uh, it's not even my fun fact. It's from Twitter because we cite our sources here at Reckless Rebellion. Um, so, really interesting tweet that I saw uh, this morning uh, on on the Twitters. Uh, Obi Wan broke the right side of Vader's mask, and Ahsoka broke the left side of his mask in Star Wars Rebels. But only Luke was able to fully unmask Vader and bring back Anakin. That is like I don't even know if they intended that. I would like to think that they did, but honestly, it's kind of cool if they didn't even intend that because that's what's great about film. That's what's great about television. That's what I love about this medium. That is just phenomenal storytelling and. Even without that comparison uh, that I saw on Twitter, I still think this show and this scene in particular did a fantastic job of re-emphasizing that the only thing that could bring Anakin back was his the love for his children. Like I, I just love mm-hmm. that point so much. Um, I'm actually gonna hit. I'll, I'll let you guys talk about all the the Vader quotes and Obi Wan stuff because I mean, don't get me wrong. I was that's when I was in a puddle of tears. I wasn't just like tearing up. I was openly sobbing, like making noises just like you, Thomas. Probably not just like you. You you were probably going a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, I don't normally I don't normally make noises when I cry, especially if I'm watching like movies or TV shows. So that definitely said something. When uh, Ewan's acting here is just ridiculously good. See, I've literally, I've got this episode playing in the background. Damn right you do, Jordan. Damn right you do. Um, The thing I love about this sequence was when Obi-Wan's under that rubble and he's just barely holding it with the force, he's hearing all of the quotes from Vader and Anakin, and it's, it's all this weight. The weight of the rocks is representing the weight of his failure, the weight of his responsibility, the weight of his guilt, um, and just everything he went through with order 66, uh, all the pain, all the suffering. And the thing that gets him out of it is the love for Anakin's children and the hope that they bring, not just to the galaxy, but just to him. And that, I mean, that's what star Wars is like. I, I mean, Oh, uh, Dave Filoni's talked about it so many times, uh, just, you know, the importance of family, hope, and love in Star Wars. And that's literally what Star Wars is. And I just, God, I love that they demonstrated that here and that that theme, that recurring theme in all of Star Wars was like put at the center of uh, and climax of this series. So I just wanted to point that out. That That's what started the tears. And then, of course, it just continued. It's only natural to cry, Jack. You don't have to feel bad about it. We do it every day here at the rebellion jordan what about you what about this whole sequence of badassery i just everything this is uh like i said earlier this is the fight i've been waiting for since 2005 and it it was worth the wait it did not disappoint at all i am now just at the i've I've got this play in the background i'm just at the part now where they're having this little tug of war over this giant rock pillar and it just goes uphill from here Oh, yeah, that's where he's and I love the line really quick before, you know, in the previous section where he's like, 
I still see your weakness or whatever. It's it's the same thing that you know we we find out in the rubble sequence. Like his heart's not open. His heart's not into it really. He's there to do a job, but he hasn't fully tapped himself into the force all the way yet. Because your strength is returned, but you still have your weakness. Klein, this this section. What do you what do you where where do you want to cry about? I want to talk about the mask coming off. Um, very very akin to Rebels. Looks just like that scene when we get that chunk of the helmet knocked off. But it's funny. I'm gonna say something, and I'm not justifying some of the terrible writing and some of the terrible acting even that happened in the prequels but i know a lot of people have said that they they just don't see how does that anakin skywalker become darth vader well he they don't sound the same they don't like they don't even speak the same hearing a mix of james earl jones and hayden christensen saying these lines and delivering them identically it was like whole like holy shit like they did it like they bridged the gap like this is it's funny because remember last week when David, oh, I think David asked a question, or was David even here? Someone asked a question, was, would you be upset if we didn't get any more Hayden? That was And me. I thought, that was you, Jack? Okay, would we be upset yep. if we didn't get any more Hayden after the flashbacks? And everyone said, yeah, I think so. I think he'll be in a lot of the finale. I think he'll be in a bunch of it because we hadn't gotten a lot of it. We didn't end up getting a lot of Hayden in this series. However... I still think that it was a. I still think that I'm happy with what we got because it like this this particular scene where he is looking at his former master and like and saying this broken up line between Hayden and between James or James Earl Jones, saying that you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. Like he is he is all he is ultimately saying like your friend is gone there is nothing because i do think that obi-wan yes he did make it look like i am going there to kill vader i think he was there was a part of him that was saying i am going there to see if he can still be saved to see if there is any of him left and there wasn't and he ultimately doesn't kill him he ultimately says it is this isn't worth my time you are my friend did die i did yeah he is dead he died on mustafar and so just to get that, like, it's so emotionally complex and gets me thinking about, like, so many different things. And this had me really, really upset, like, just upset in, like, a crying, <laughs> sobbing kind of way. Because it, it's this connective tissue that I think this series did so well um, of bridging these two eras and making these characters, making this, these two characters whose relationship, especially if you've watched Clone Wars, especially if you've watched Rebels, even if you've just watched the movies, this relationship that is so dear to so many people just got whole new layers added to it. I think that's very, very, very special. Yeah. I love, I, I had a feeling this line of some sort would come up simply out of, uh, the Vader comics, and really, the Thrawn Alliance's book, Der Kleino, where Vader and Thrawn go on a mission to Batu, and then it has flashbacks of Thrawn and Anakin meeting on Batu. Uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the Thrawn book. Okay, we're good. I read too many books about Vader. Sorry, get them all confused. 
we have flashbacks to Anakin and Thrawn meeting on Batu, and you you see the similarities of Anakin and the similarities of Vader, and then the juxtapositions of how very different they also are. And it's a consistent thing in that book where Thrawn is Thrawn instantly recognizes the moves are the same. He uses the exact same technique. And I taught Anakin that one thing, and he just randomly uses it on this exact same mission that follows the same beats. Like you go to this building, then this building, then that building. Oh, we're going to the Black Spire again. How about that? The whole time he keeps pushing like, ah, oh, yes, General Skywalker. I knew him, blah, blah. And he's just like the whole way. He just keeps saying Anakin Skywalker is dead. And at the very end, he mentions a whole he's talking about a story with Anakin and how it compares with his mission with Vader. And he lets it sit there. He's like mentions. I'm trying to remember how it does. But Vader says Anakin Skywalker is dead. And Thrawn just whispers, I know. And I think the dialogue for Vader is he does know. He knows (laughs) if he doesn't know. Then he suspects, should I kill him? No, he's far too great for the Empire. Like, it's dead on, and this is exactly where I thought this would come from. Of course, from a certain point of view, that line in Return of the Jedi, everyone's always giving him some shit about it. Good old Ben, good old Force Ghost Ben. But here, we now understand why he has that very specific point of view. The, the blending of voices as everyone has said, is fucking amazing. It's, Seeing, dude, it's audio production, like, ugh. just gold. Like, it is, the whoever did the sound design for that is brilliant. Mm. There's even, even a little earlier when he gets slashed and is the wheeze, the wheeze screaming that we oh, kind of get. It's just, yeah. It's, it's, just perfect. <gasps> yeah. it is, it's, oh, yeah. it's so diff, it's unlike anything we've heard come out of Vader before, but it is so, like, it fits and it's, scary and you're kind of seeing mm. this like badass this the, the the embodiment of evil in this universe like kind of like weak for the first time and it's freaky mm-hmm. it, yeah it's very freaky because he's straight up getting his ass beat it's it's as if he I, I don't know man he should it's a weird thing I don't get it finish the job finish the job when you got a guy almost in the dirt when you're playing football you don't just let him go. You literally drive his skull. You drive his helmet. You drive his shoulders. There we go. The safe way. You drive his shoulders into the ground. You definitely don't try to kill them like we did in the nineties. Um, but you, you got you got to finish the job there, Vader. Uh, but the blending of voices is something that, if I'm not mistaken, also happened in Rebels to a lesser extent. It was more Matt Lanter, less distortion once that mask comes off, which is another just peak moment you have the two voice actors for anakin and ahsoka meeting working together finally for just a one quick moment in rebels when he is vader the thing that everyone anybody who's ever done an anakin thing wants to be the vader version of that who the fuck wouldn't i named one of my shoes at work today vader because it blew up and i had to tape it together um (laughs) true story i named the other one anakin because i was like well fuck it one's alive um but when I, I want to jump back to Kenobi and the rocks, Kenobi and the rocks, when he lifts them all, let's not be, let's not, let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. He's got his arms out. Space Jesus is back, baby. He's out there lifting rocks. He ain't even throwing them at him. He's just got his hands there. Right. And they're just, 
they're just flowing with his mind. He does throw a couple. Me. There's a couple cheap shots that Obi Wan gets, and I'm like that seems very un Obi Wan. There's one where he slashes mm. and pulls the rock into Vader as he's slashing. I'm like that is not a that is that is not the Jedi way, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's Vader that's had a, just done the exact same thing to him. Well, and then Vader hits him with his hilt as well. So like it's like mm-hmm. there's you both of them are getting cheap shots. But when he did that, I'm like oh. Obi, this is not the Obi Wan that we know. This isn't our old civilized Obi Wan. No. This is uncivilized Obi Wan. Also, weird little touch. I think this is the only other time. I don't know if this was on purpose, but in A New Hope, I always thought it was funny that Obi Wan just refers to Darth Vader at one point as Darth, and he's the only one who oh, ever yeah. does that. And this is the only other time we get that. Like this is the only other time <laughs> anyone else ever calls him just Darth. And I don't know if that was intentional, but I really like it. I, yeah, I, that, was a nice, that was a nice little tie-in. I loved that, especially because I was very confused. I've seen, what was it, 97? When I was seven when I saw A New Hope. It's been 23 years, and this entire time, I'm always like, why the fuck did he call him Darth? That doesn't even make sense. Like, because in, everyone's the way a Darth, right? Yeah, in way, yeah, exactly. And the way he says it, he's like, you're only a master of evil, Darth. And I'm like, okay, he's just being Alec Guinness. When he calls him Darth here, goodbye, Darth. It's got so much like venom and and a little bit of hatred, just also mixed with pity and just a good old fucking walloping of sarcasm right there. It's just like, all right then, Darth. Instead of calling him Lord Vader, you know, everyone's like Darth. Vader. No, I meant Darth. This is a fucking nerd. Jack, Jack, <laughs> bring us home with your point. Uh, yeah. I oh God, Thomas, I have so many points. Uh, real quick, just another <laughs> shout out to the voice work here, the sound effects or sound design, I should say. Um, they they redeemed uh, the awful Revenge of the Sith. No, when Vader screams Obi Wan, it is the like talk about a, like the great sound design. It, this is like the perfect mix mm. of Hayden and James Earl Jones. Mm. When he screamed Obi Wan at the end, I was like shocked because I was like, holy shit, that sounds so good. And I, I don't know, like it just it, it was haunting almost, especially with the way Obi-Wan was leaving him once again, just completely and utterly beaten. Um, but the other point I wanted to make was Thomas. I'm, I guess I got to tell everybody this. So I texted Thomas last week saying that I was nervous that they weren't going to reference the line from Return of the Jedi where Vader tells Luke that Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Thomas, I'm getting nervous because I really want them to reference it. They don't have to, but like I think it makes so much sense to do that. And even though that line wasn't as much of like a motivating factor in this show as I thought it would be, and honestly, at the end of this episode for the first time, I was like, oh, wow, so they really didn't use it. But then I rewatched it, and I watched um, Ewan McGregor's acting when he's saying I'm sorry for all of it, or even when he just sees Anakin's face um, – it's for a split second when he sees Anakin and he says Anakin, it's like, oh my gosh, my friend is still under there. I can try to connect with him real quick. Like I, like I, I, who knows if this will work, but like I see my friend and he's just overcome with all this emotion. And even though they didn't like directly say it or he didn't say like come back to the light or anything, him just saying I'm sorry for all of it, which I'm sorry to bring it up again, but Dave Filoni literally just talked about it at Star Wars Celebration, which is like one of the hardest things to do is to say I'm sorry. He's saying I'm sorry. He's trying to reach out to his friend. It's it's a it's an indirect but also very like clear way of saying like please like this doesn't have to be you, like this doesn't have to continue. And 
And then, of course, very quickly, Anakin just shuts that shit down by saying Anakin is dead. And, like, I'm basically only Vader. It's only evil. I did this. Like, you think I'm your failure, but really, I killed Anakin Skywalker. It's just, god damn, this scene was so fantastic. I, I, I'm still not over it. I just listen to all you guys talk about it. I'm like, I'm still in awe about what's going on. It's in the lighting, too, of the lightsabers. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought up Celebration there because there was one line from Celebration that really stuck with me. That was when Ian McDermott got up on the panel and he goes, he told someone, you know, and if you're expecting to see, you know, the Emperor live in person in the flesh anytime soon, you know, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I knew you were foreshadowing there. Yeah. And yep, there, there's the hologram. I knew you were doing that. Yeah, I uh, gotta love Ian McDermott, man. Just coming out here and just saying whatever the fuck he wants because he's Palpatine in the end. He'll just the unlimited power. Jack, you brought up a couple of points really quick. The the Obi Wan ye- uh, yelling Obi Wan by Vader Vaderkin. That's what we're calling him. Uh, was <laughs> you said you were shocked? I was also shocked, but I think I was shocked. I was like, how the fuck is he yelling when he can't breathe? Uh, that caught me off guard, but also instantly because he keeps doing it. I go, that is fucking scary sounding. It sounds extra booming. Like they're pulling the camera away and it's getting louder. Like he's using the force to project his ooh, ooh, goosebumps, goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> chills, 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 literal chills. Um, but uh, the the mask we were talking about, uh, it could it be, you know, I don't know if they planned it to be that way and honestly jack i very much do think they planned it to be that way because guess who is involved in this as a as a consultant of course is dave filoni the man who made that scene in rebels he knew what he was doing in rebels oh so ahsoka gets to see a glimpse of anakin but no one gets to see his full face until luke well now kenobi also gets to see a glimpse of anakin but no one still gets to see the full glimpse until luke and that is where good old trust in dave filoni always gets you man this show is so fucking good and we haven't even finished the plot. I just realized, uh, Jack, you apparently have another point. I have another one. <laughs> another one. <laughs> Last one. Um, it, it's quick. I just, I, I did mention it. I think maybe in um, like my quick episode three thoughts or part three thoughts um, for this show. But this episode really played into that idea that Deborah Chow mentioned in an interview that Vader is not fully formed yet. The way he carries himself in the show is still so. It's so reminiscent of Anakin. He still hasn't gained mastery of his impulses, of his anger, of his rage, uh, of of just those flaws that kind of led him down to the dark side. And I just, I love that contrast compared to like Rogue One, compared to Rebels, compared to New Hope, where he carries himself much more like a, like an admiral, like a general, like a politician, like someone with status, where here he's still just like a petulant child. Like he's, he's just still overcome with all this emotion and all this rage and suffering. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to point out that contrast because I, mm. I, I love that it's still nine years before New Hope, probably like six years, maybe seven years before that stuff in Rebels. So there's still a lot of time for him to get, gain more mastery in the dark side of the force. Hmm. Yeah, I think we're five. I think we are six years away. That was season two of Rebels. So you're right, Jack. We're about six years away from that. What I what I like about what you just said 
And I would like to utilize a very quick retort. It's Kenobi. Kenobi is his white whale, True. if you will. That's the one who got away. His great, great white buffalo. Great white buffalo. Great white buffalo. Um, let's just let's converge this storyline and finish the uh, actual episode. Rava whips out her red blade, approaches an unconscious Luke, and sees herself laying there. We then get flashbacks ensuing of her being stabbed by Anakin and by Vader. And whenever she looks at Luke, it is switching between Luke and young Reva. She raises her saber and we cut to Kenobi landing and running to Owen and the motherfucking goat of the show, Baru, looking for Luke. Just then, Reva walks up with Luke, places him on the ground. We, as the audience, know Luke's alive. Shout out. Owen and Baru do not know Luke's alive. Neither does good old Benethan. They take Luke inside and watching Baru cry was really painful for me, guys. I don't know what it was. I mean, watching Owen cry a little bit really hurt me. I hate watching other guys cry. That's why I don't look in the mirror when I cry. Once he starts showing signs of life, Kenobi approaches a crying Reva and we have amazing dialogue. Reva says, I couldn't do it. I failed them. He killed them all and I couldn't do it. Kenobi, you haven't failed them. By showing mercy, you have given them peace. You have honored them. Have I become him? You have chosen not to. Who you become now, that is up to you. Rivet takes her saber out. And I genuinely thought she was going to kill herself. Places it on the ground in front of her. Kenobi stands, extends his hand as a sign of mercy. Now you're free. We both are. Before we start jumping around the galaxy, how do we feel about the closing of Reva's story? We'll start with you, Jordan. I'm I'm happy with it. It definitely left the uh, it left her coming back on the table, and I'm all for it. Klein, it's funny. I said that I I liked this character the whole time. Um, I did like her, but I didn't know if I needed any more of her. I guess after mm. the show was done, um, I I liked her in this story. This and um, this sequence with Luke. And then this sequence talking to uh, Obi-Wan. Give me a Reva, like, gray Jedi show. Like, are you kidding me? It'd be awesome. And she, Moses, absolutely kills this. I mean, you in this whole time has been just a powerhouse. Like, his performance as Obi-Wan is just absolutely incredible. It's amazing to see what he can do with actual capable writers and not George Lucas. But (laughs) I am... I, I, this blew me away. Like just the, the nuance in his voice and his eyes and just the look on his face. Like he is telling so much more than he is even saying. And he is saying a lot. Uh, but I do love that. Like that line. It's funny. I always think of lines of like, on like, what could I see as like a dumb Photoshop wallpaper with like the sons of Tatooine or whatever. And that line of who you become now, that is up to you is Mm. like, I like that's inspirational poster shit. Like I'm all over that. That's a that's a parable before Clone Wars right there. Jack Jack. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I look, the now you're free we both are. Guys, it's so much easier. God, I'm just copying Dave Filoni. I'm sorry. It's so much easier to give in to your anger to to get pissed off, to be mad at the world, to just wallow in your grief and in your pain and 
your past and, and your trauma. And I, look, there's a lot more that goes into it. It's it's not easy, but what the world always needs is who you can become and, and who you can be when you cling on to hope and, and their strength and love and, and, and mercy. Like I just, God, I love the messages here. And I, I love that Obi-Wan is just kind of really quickly, but it's, it also just fits with the, where the character's at. He's, he's already kind of becoming that mentor. He's back to being that Jedi, that Jedi master who, who isn't just like a Jedi master because he can swing a lightsaber really well. And, and because he can use the force, but because he has experience and he has knowledge and he has wisdom. And just the fact that he's, he's gifting that right now to re- right now. Um, the fact that he gifted to Reva in that scene, it's, it's just powerful. I didn't really know where they were going to go with Reva in terms of, of you know, she going to die. Thomas, I, I never really thought about her killing herself, but like looking back on it, that was very legitimate, like possibility. Um, would have been very sad. That would have seen the Obi Wan cradle most likely if that had happened. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad that they did what they did. That I'm glad they let her live. Um, and you know, because Star Wars has kind of a history of making people turn back to the light and then killing them off uh, right after, which <laughs> you know, gets a little old. Um, so I'm glad they kind of left the door open with her. And I, I, I hope we do see more of her. I don't know if it's going to be her own show or God, God only knows where, what she's going to do, or if she just goes off and lives just like a normal life and, you know, a peaceful life, uh, like, you know, becomes a farmer, you know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, th- this maybe was Obi-Wan great. goes, Hey, I know a guy who owns like one of those weird, that weird meat slicing plant. <laughs> like you can go and cut those cubes of meat, like <laughs> eat some crate dragon every day. Exactly. You know what I'm why not, man? Why, why, why not? Indeed. Jack, Jack, why not? Indeed. Because crate dragon probably smells really bad, man. The meat or just the dragon itself. Both. That meat's probably I feel like it'd be more like a gamey roast. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Crate Dragon Burgers at Galaxy's Edge 2023. Can't Ooh, wait. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I mean, I've I've not been to the edge of the galaxy yet. I'm not Jack, but one day I'll be cool like him. Um, if you do, if you ever get there, try a Ronto wrap. Those things are amazing. Ooh. Jack, can you confirm? Hmm. I cannot, but I can confirm that it's Batu is freaking awesome. It is one of the greatest places I've ever visited. I like how a Floridian and a Canadian have both been there and the other Floridian and Canadian have not. (laughs) 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 We're just dividing party lines all up here. You got Canadians, you got Floridians, and then they're just crisscrossing. We got book fans, Thrawn fans, Thrawn haters. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus. From this section, I, I, it doesn't, I don't do it often except every week, pull out the comparisons of each part of this series tying into the episodes um, in the Skywalker saga that Kenobi is a part of. And going in, I kind of knew Reva was going to turn and be a good person. Would she live? Would she not? That was the key question. And the fact that she does live is very, very exciting for us Reva stands. Uh, and it's how she lives that is kind of the most amazing thing. She not only chooses not to kill, she saves Luke Skywalker. Let's think about that. This character that everybody kind of hated just saved their favorite character. I wonder if the internet's going to lose their shit. And by the internet, I mean, 
the uh, the white supremacist side of the internet, aka Russia <laughs> and the bots. You know what I'm saying? They're coming after us with their beep bop boops and their fake Twitter accounts and their triple burner TikTokers. It's just it's too much. So we jumped to Mustafar. Invader is on FaceTime with good old Shivi Palpy, saying that they'll find Kenobi. He won't evade me again. Emperor questions Vader's feelings and thoughts, saying that they have weakened him. Questioning that, of course. Kenobi is nothing, says Vader. I serve only you, my master. And for the first and only time, the Imperial March kicks in and pumps and bumps and just kicks the doors down. And we cut to Alderaan, where Leia is getting suited up in a cute little white getup, very reminiscent of a weird thing called A New Hope. She completes it with Talos Holster, adding that beautiful belt that we've seen and two Mickey Mouse ear buns atop her head. I figured Jack would like that little shout out. Ben walks out of a landing ship with Lola. Uh, and of course, I like how I like how Leia is like sees it, sees Ben is, is like oh, it's it's Kenobi, and then all of a sudden Lola, Lola, let me run after my boy. Uh, <laughs> it's like screw you, Ben, Lola. It's like oh, Ben, Lola. She she runs up and is like oh, I didn't think I was gonna see you again. First off, they hug. Oh my god, so many good hugs in this between uncle and ne- niece and nephew. Man, it's great. Um, he says, who am I to separate a young lady from her droid? Mm, wink, wink. Kenobi says to Bale, if you need me, you know where to find me. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Head nod. He speaks to Leia, and she asks what he'll do. And she says he should sleep, which got a great fucking laugh out of you and me, <laughs> the dog, everybody. Kenobi tells Leia a little bit about her parents, saying, Princess Leia Organa. You are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. But you're also passionate and fearless, forthright. And these are gifts that came from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. I cried. Klein cried. I'm sure Jack almost cried. Jordan might have cried. I don't know. Oh, we'll I was find in out in a minute. Years. I was, I was feeling the emotion. I was half asleep at the time, but I was feeling the emotion. Ooh, I like it. I like it. We were fe- we're feeling all four emotions. You know, uh, no one must know that they have met or even know each other because it could be dangerous. They hug again, and she calls him Obi Wan, and he bids farewell by saying, "May the force be with you." Shout out real fast, Lola being in the holster. Loved that. That was a great little visual gag there. Uh, the way that the Force theme here blends into Obi-Wan's is also a beautiful touch from Natalie Holt. Before we jump to Tatooine, Kleino. Um, you forgot. We had a nice classic musical triplet here. You missed one. There was the, for- there was the Force theme. Mm-hmm. There was the Imperial March. When Leia is getting ready and when she oh, comes out, we get a hint of Leia's theme. And, and I... oh. And I, yeah. I felt things like, oh man, oh my god! But well, then yeah. the entire the Leia's gloves. theme plays when when he's talking to her about the parents. Yeah. The entirety yeah. of Princess Leia's theme plays. I'm like, oh, uh, that's. I mean, yeah. that's why I was sobbing. This was the other. This was part two of me just. It was that into the force theme because the force theme will make me cry no matter what, whenever it plays, no matter what. Uh, I really enjoyed how the Disney Plus captions, too, were just like, the Force theme plays. 
Uh, but then it's they're not, not like binary the- sunset anymore. It's the four theme, guys. <laughs> Sad. Uh, I and I, they didn't put up any other. The theme is playing. Not even for Kenobi at any point. They don't mention anything about music. Not. I don't think they even mention the Imperial March. Do they? Yeah, they do. The, yeah, they do. On, on the subtitles. Yeah. So basically, they- if you're an OG song, you get mentioned unless you are Leia. Thanks a lot for that, Disney. Um, jumping back to tattooing real fast, we'll wrap this up. Obi-Wan packs up his cave, heads to the Lars homestead. He tells Owen he was right, that Luke just needs to be a boy and the future will take care of itself. The only protection he needs is Owen and Beru. He walks away and Owen stops him and asks if he wants to meet Luke. He brings the Skyhopper toy to Luke and says, hello there. Fuck yeah. Kenobi and Aopi walk towards Beggar's Canyon, and suddenly, Klein, I was right, Qui-Gon Jinn appears. Kenobi says it took him long enough, and Qui-Gon says he was always there. Obi-Wan just wasn't ready to see it. Come along now, we have a long way to go. And that ends Obi-Wan Kenobi. Holy shitballs before we jump into wrap-up questions let's wrap up our thoughts in this final piece here the mustafar the alderaan and the tatooine of it all jordan where do you uh, land I, quite literally during those final scenes i physically shook especially when he walks up and just went hello there i i physically shook and was like yes i can't believe we yes. got it i cannot yeah. like one i can't we believe this it. series is real Two, I can't believe we got it as good as we did with Vader and Obi-Wan. Three, he said the line. How is this a real thing? How we live in the best timeline. And he did the pose. Oh, he did the pose. Yes, he did the pose. That's when the 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 song kicked in super hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's when the score went, no, Not only did he say the thing, he said it to Luke. So he said it to yes. General Grievous, Luke Skywalker, and R2-D2. Yeah. And Iconic. Love it. Love His it. first words to Luke, by the way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Love God, it. You mean show. that crazy old hermit? Um, Jack-Jack. Oh, yeah, the scenes. Um Seeing Palpatine got a little bit of a pop out of me. I will say it's this is such a nitpick, and I hate to be that guy. I do Don't wish do Vader it, was kneeling. I wish I wish Vader was kneeling. Like it's just a small little thing. I don't I don't like how he was just like chilling in his throne. Like I but they kind of made up for it though, I will say, with I think Vader showed just a slight little bit of fear of Palpatine when he said, No, 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 like you're my master, I serve only you. Like so, they they kind of made up for it by you know making sure Palpatine had, for lack of a better phrase, the high ground. Um, what else happened here? I, I honestly forget. We're just Obi Wan Kenobi Alderaan, is I'm looking at Alderaan the and Leia Liam Neeson. Oh, Liam Neeson. That's what it was. Yes, yeah, I, I gotta talk about Liam Neeson, dude. This <laughs> this guy had the most like the the best time on set. He he was in this one <laughs> little thing. 
for like two <laughs> seconds and he's just like owning it. He's just like, man, it took you long enough. I've been here like all this time. Like, what the fuck, man? Let's go get it together. He's like, come on. We got a long journey. He's just, he's just like the guy you want to hug. You, you want to hang around him all the time. And you can see Obi-Wan's face. He's so happy to see his master. He's master Qui-Gon. I'm, you see that smiles like, you know, just shining through that amazing beard that he has. This, this meant everything. And look, I'm not like a, a ginormous fan of menace fan like thomas carter rochester is who Fuck ranks man. it above return of the jedi which is just utterly ridiculous i stand but by it. qui-gon jinn is one of the best characters in star wars i know you stand by it thomas and i you know i applaud you for it but screw you at the same time um <laughs> qui-gon jinn is one of the best characters in star wars liam neeson crushes the role uh, this I, I, all the people saying that this show not just this scene but like this show was just a lot of like star wars fan service stop it get help you're wrong I, like I, you usually i'm understanding of opinions but it goes so beyond just like basic surface level fan service i'm sorry i know it's i'm gonna stick i'm gonna stick on the uh, liam neeson at all as well because i'm i the obi-wan goodbye with leia is fantastic but the Liam Neeson, I can remember when we were doing predictions leading up and I said Liam Neeson's in the show and Natalie Portman's in the show. I went one for two, so I'm going to take that. Um, well, but, well, you went one well, for three, one Mr. For three. Easy there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need... Hey, we'll get to that, okay? <laughs> Cal Kestis, he's coming in next week's episode. It'll be the one. Miss Marvel next week. Cal Kestis will be there. Um, I just... But the the Liam Neeson of it all, like... It's so funny because when we were hypothesizing how will he how will he show up in the show how will he be there and we kept thinking Obi Wan's going to be at the end of his wits he's going to be he'll be down and out and he'll need a motivator he'll need this and he'll get some wise advice from Liam Neeson and then we get this where it's just Liam Neeson showing he goes oh I've been like and what's he say what's the exact words that he says he goes it took I've him long enough and Qui Gon says I've always been there. You just were not ready to see. And I'm like, that is so Qui-Gon Jinn that like, I don't know why I expected anything else, but that is so just like, it is a sentence, but it is so profound. And there's like a, just a button just, just. on the whole thing. And yeah, I, I'm happy we got it there. I wish we'd gotten more of it, but I can't believe it was when it was happening. I couldn't believe it was happening. I could not believe it was going on. I'm like, there is. This is what? Okay, let's go. Um, yeah, Klein. When he showed up, I was like, "Thank God!" I was, I was, I was getting it a was little getting, worried. So here's, I was okay, getting here, worried because we're getting so close to the runtime that I was I like, "I had something spoiled, Thomas, have... earlier no. today." Is, Who am so, I killing? No, 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 no. So I saw somebody saying when Redacted showed up, that was crazy on Twitter, and they said the word Redacted. And I was like, oh, Liam Neeson must show up. And then we got Shvi. We got the Emperor. And I'm like, oh, no. Liam Neeson's not in the... Liam ne Wow. Wow. I was, like, devastated for, for a few minutes. Because I thought, okay, like, this is a really good series. But, man, I can't believe Liam Neeson wasn't in it. And then we got... In the end, we got him. Natalie Portman, though. Where was she? Where was she? She was saving Asgard. And yeah, honestly, apparently. we're doing get help, Jack. We're doing it. It's You said get help earlier, and I couldn't not. I don't want to do it. It's humiliating. That's me. We're doing it. Um, this, this whole sequence, man, like, this is, this right here is 
Return of the Jedi finale, jumping around different places. We've been for 40 years seeing the celebrations, going to Naboo, going to uh, Coruscant, etc., etc. And it's just, it's beautiful, man. We go to Mustafar. I love that he's on his his throne in Vader's castle. Um, and he's just pointing like, we'll do this. And he, he just gets back down real fast. A nice little nudge and i again i feel like somebody ratted out good old-fashioned lord vader because we know from the comics the grand inquisitor does talk to the emperor if i'm not mistaken because the emperor created the inquisitors before vader was even a thing so that's a good fun fact to have there leia i'm i want to lay a show period that's all i have to say about her little sequence there um yeah, when she put on the A New Hope like esque thing, I was like, "Wow, we we got it all, man. We got we got A New Hope, we got some Return of the Jedi with the greens, um, just Chef's kiss." But yeah, man, it's mm, the the Qui Gon of it all, man. I love it. My only gripe, I'm the only one I know that's gonna say this: his beard was not the same as when he died. I know that shouldn't bug me. I know it. I'm saying I know it shouldn't bug me, but my OCD was like, it's wrong. His beard is too thick to be the same one. It's a beard and not a half beard with a long goatee. I know I'm fucking crazy. Hey, I get it. I accept Thomas, it. But it was a little Thomas. Off. Thomas, I got one more. What do you got? When Hayden shows up as a ghost in Return of the Jedi, he didn't die as Hayden. He died as the older dude who I forget the actor's name, but Sebastian Shaw, but yeah. technically not really. That's when he came back as Anakin, but Anakin doesn't really have a body there to become a force okay. ghost. So he'd just be a floating fine. Bob. You want a floating I just, Bob? I didn't, I didn't know beggars could <sighs> be choosers. Sorry. I I'm sorry. I, hold on really quick. I do want now want a floating Bob Anakin ghost because that would be a real ghost. And I love that. So I redact my upset, not being upset at that. Now I'm upset that Sebastian Shaw isn't a floating fucking free floating ghost. Um, Before I jump to you, Jack, Jack, what I really want to talk about here is this scene between Owen and Kenobi, their little discussion. It's so simple. It's so to the point and it has so much layered in first off Ben's look here is straight out of Star Wars 15, written by Jason Aaron and illustrated by Mike Mayhew. Research says he's not related to Peter Mayhew. So, you know, safety first, got to check it. And in the original script of Return of the Jedi, Ben and Owen are actually brothers. And as we know, Ben mentioned having a brother that he never knew. This episode, this discussion them having this disagreement the whole time, but at the end of the day, it's like, you were right. I'm sorry. He should be this. That's brothers, man. That's the relationship that Obi-Wan and Anakin didn't get to have. So, if, in, in, in my head canon, Owen and Kenobi are brothers, even though I don't know how I feel about Kenobi being a Lars, and being related to Kleeglars of all people? I mean, I lost my leg. Like, that guy? No. Uh, to be fair, that's pretty funny if, you know, he, he slices off people's legs when his his biological dad loses a leg. That's hilarious. Uh, but 
I I genuinely love that was such a simple couple of sentences back and forth between them. And you can see the love and respect that they each have for them in that moment. It's like, oh, wow, you're not just going to push. You're literally, I appreciate that, man. And now, like, I appreciate you seeing me in my strength and Baru, fucking Baru, dude. Like, he should have only been talking to Baru this whole time. She just slapped Kenobi so many times in the face. Oh, man. Um, Jack, Jack, you had a point. Yeah, I got a little hyped up on my Qui-Gon thing earlier. I do have a gripe with that scene. It's a little different than yours, Thomas. I just think it was shot a little weird. Um, it it felt a little awkward. I, I put it like this in the Slack channel. It felt like a reshoot. I'm not saying it was. I don't think it was. It just the way it was shot and kind of framed. I, I don't know technical mm-hmm. filmmaking terms. Maybe blocking is the word I'm looking for. Um, it just it felt a little off-putting and just kind of like out of – out of nowhere it's just like right there um small little gripe i mean i've had little production gripes throughout this whole series um there was one more thing i was gonna say but i can't remember i love obi-wan kenobi maybe that was it that had to be it all i'm gonna say is force ghost gonna force ghost i mean remember you remember how yoda just pops up in last jedi it's -hmm. what they do man it's what they do all right We've talked the plot of Kenobi 6. Jesus, we went long on that. Uh, what an episode, though, to go long. I mean, this had so much to wrap up. And my first question is, going into the finale of every Disney Plus series so far, it's always, they have so much to do. Do you think they landed this Lambda shuttle? We'll start with Clino. Yes. Jacko. Apps of frickin' Lutely. Supremo Emperoro. Yes. I think it we are flying far more than half a ship. We're flying a full ship here. Ooh. Yes. Love that. Oh my god. Love wow. it. And we're <laughs> landing it too. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Another happy landing. <laughs> Another, Another happy, happy landing. landing. Nice. Nailed it. Um wrap up questions. Season two, do you want it? Yes, Clive. I said it. I said it. I said it last week. I don't necessarily want a season two of this show, but if they were to give me more Reva, I think they might actually. I think we might get an O'Shea Jackson Jr. show, Path show, um, which I think would be very cool. Uh, But I don't necessarily think we need Ewan and Hayden back. Um, again, I think that this, this to me was that epilogue that I was looking for. It was a goodbye to, to my childhood. It was the toy story three of it all for me. Yeah. Okay. We've left the toys. We've left. Andy's going off to college now. We've left the toys and yeah. Fuck. I'm thinking about that furnace scene and I'm not well, man. Um, Jack, I don't think you've gone. I have not gone. Um, I don't need a season two. Um, but I will say the one thing that was kind of like on my mind, uh, th- like at that end part when Qui-Gon and them were going off, like in the force awakens behind the scenes, when they were reading, uh, like the first read through, um, and like the script ended with like the promise of an adventure just beginning. And I got the exact same vibe uh, with the end of this show. Like there's still so much that they could explore and a lot that I thought, Maybe like a year ago, I thought they were going to explore. I thought we were going to get a lot of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in the desert and going through like these trials and stuff. Obviously, a completely different series. But 
Um, I, they could do something there. There is a story there to tell, but at the same time, this was such a good send off. And I don't know that might fit better for a comic book or a book or something else, which they've already done a little bit. So um, there could be a spinoff shout out Roken, by the way, Klein, great call by you and O'Shea Jackson jr. I loved his, like, the, I guess it was the last line we got of him in this mm-hmm. show. Um, oh, I forget what it was. I don't want to butcher it. I'm just it, getting it, started. Yes. Oh my God. Gosh, what a great line. What a freaking rebel. He should be on Reckless Rebellion. Uh, let's get let's make it happen. Um, yeah! I mean, he's already technically a member of the Rebellion, Thomas. I think, I, mm, I think technically he's not. He's a him. member of the pack. Um, okay, okay. But the pack actually. probably becomes the Rebellion at least somewhat. Yeah, 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 actually. Um, but yeah, there could be a spinoff. I think there's there's so much potential. They could do Vader. They could do Grand Inquisitor. They could do Reva. They could do Roken. They could do The Path. They could do Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. They could do Luke Adventures and Leia Adventures for all we know. But um, I, I'm kind of just here for whatever. I'm Honestly, my sights are on Andor at this point. So I'll just wait till we get an announcement, if any. I have a question related to Andor. And I'm going to try and keep it quick. Yes. What is that timeline again? Is it two years after Kenobi? It is it was five right years before, before. It's five years before A New Hope, so it's four years midway. After yeah. Okay. Okay. Ooh. I bet Ooh. we get path stuff in Andor. I bet we get path stuff in Andor. That'd be sick. Wait, we have to. We have to. We still need that Quinlan mention. Don't get me started on how dope Quinlan is and getting a Ventress flashback. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Do you want more little Leia? We'll we'll go around the horn here, Klein. I don't think we need more Leia in this era. I think that this was a great send off to I, I think having this and then we get into I'm sure books will explore and that sort of thing, and I'm sure they maybe already do. Um, but, uh, as we established earlier, I can't read, so I <laughs> won't ever see that, but the, like, I don't think we need more of this young Leia. Like I love her. I, I do. I just think this is a great, this to me feels like the end of rogue one where it was just like, I, I feel like now with her character specifically, it, to me, the next logical step is to get into a new hope. And I don't need to. I don't need any more. I like having that gap. I like having that mystery. Okay, Jordan, what about you? Yes, to all points. Um, anything that gets us more lore is good with us. Even if it means we will spend copious amounts of time trying to update every little detail. Oh, th- that's our job. That's what <laughs> I was told when I was born. Jack, Jack. Um. Season two of Andor is supposed to span four years. Can we like wait to shoot that for like four years so we can get what's her name, Vivian Blair, to just play uh four like fourteen year old or fifteen year old Leia? Because that would be amazing. Because I mean, she would be involved in some way. We saw her in Rebels, which is around that same exact time, season two, so a little bit later. But like. I would love to see more specifically of Vivian Blair playing Leia. I mean, they could get someone that's already that age to do something. Um, I'm kind of with Klein though. I don't need it. Uh, I love what we got, but it would, it would be pretty sweet just to see them continue that character. Cause for a while there, um, 
Millie Bobby Brown was being thrown around like to play young yeah. Leia. And I don't even know what for that. At that point, I don't even think there was like a show like Andor Obi-Wan. People were just throwing no. her name out there to play young Leia. So, you know, it could work, especially in something like Andor or if they do. Well, no, if they do an Obi-Wan season two, I don't want her in it because then it's just getting repetitive. But um, mm-hmm. just there's potential for upcoming projects. So I wouldn't yeah. mind it at all, but I don't need it. Okay, that's fair. Um, the idea of her showing up in Andor was not something that popped into my head. To be fair, to be fair, they have filmed... Did you say the second season itself spans four years of Andor? Or like the first season covers a few years? No, the or first is the- season is one year, and then they said the second season is supposed to span the next four years. No idea how they're going to do that because it's supposed to be 12 episodes again in season two. Uh. Unless we get like three or what? four different arcs every like, episode and- is three hours long <laughs> what the fuck dude all for it i'm i'm confused easily but um yeah i could see you know they filmed this uh what was it 2020 is when they started filming kenobi right so she's aged a little bit you give you know when is andor filming next i don't know probably I thought it already is i thought season two is already i think filming? in the fall this fall, oh, I think, oh, okay. is when they start. Never mind. She's not showing up there. I'd love to see more little Leia, specifically in the Senate, being a junior senator, doing politics stuff. Basically, all the stuff we didn't see Padme doing is what I want to see Leia doing. That's the only thing I want. Um, yes. Where Where do you see Reva going next? I mean, Klein already mentioned Grey Jedi joining the path, helping Roken. I think that's what he said. Jack, what do you think? Oh yeah, helping Roken would be cool. Just just because of like the youngling connection and helping uh, force sensitive kids. Um, like yeah, that's that's actually pretty neat. I I don't know if I I would like to see her kind of be on her own for a little bit. Um, maybe do some self discovery similar to Obi Wan in this show. Um, I mean, she she did just have like a character development and journey. I get it, but like I I just I would like. I would like her to kind of figure out where she belongs in this galaxy. Um, so I think a show could work about that, but um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like maybe not get her fully involved in the rebellion, but just like, you know, helping kids out, helping people out, you know, being, being a good person. I just want the best for Eva. Jack, can I say something to you? Oh no. Are you ready? What if Reva always met, Yes. Our little green, our favorite green master. She needs help. She needs training. Who's a Jedi master that's sitting out there in the swamps of Dagobah? She doesn't have to go to Dagobah. She could go to Tython and sit on the seeing stone. Exactly, Thomas. What could they do, Thomas? Give it to us. Use the world between worlds, baby! Yoda can tap into it. He knows how to use it and use it. I mean, let's be honest. Qui-Gon's using the world between worlds. That's my Force Ghost theory. Hot take, I guess. Or maybe ghost take? We'll we'll find out later. Uh, Jordan, what about you? What do you think about Reva? Where does she go next? All right, picture this. A Reva spinoff show where she ends up going back to the ruins of the Jedi Temple to rediscover herself. Yeah. And goes through a series of Jedi trials. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm th- I'm envisioning something like Force Unleashed, uh, the original like Force Unleashed add-on where you have like the Jedi Temple level. I'm yeah. thinking something yes. like that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're here for that. That is her. Yeah. Her theme could be a remix of Anakin's Dark Deeds. Oh my god! I just had a mental picture of like Klein being a DJ, just going nuts <laughs> with Anakin's Dark Deeds in the club. <laughs> like that uh, Imperial March remix from the Lego Star Wars game. Yes, or um, Glory to the Empire from Rebels. There we go. Oh yeah, that's a good that's one. A f- that's a celebrate funny. Empire Day. Yes. Klein, you mentioned your stuff about Reva. Do you have anywhere else you'd like to see her go? No, like I I think I kind of said it. I think I wasn't I wasn't itching to have her back until the end of this episode, and now I do kind of I, I do think that and I'm completely honestly here i think that that's what they're talking about when they're saying a sequel to, or a, a obi-wan season two i think it's not yeah. an obi-wan season two i think it is a reva or a uh path show um i do think reva will go on i think it'll be a very lone wolf adventure if it is her like i think she will go on some adventure similar to uh the force unleashed game from back in the day I have lots of ideas on where she could show up. She could show up in Andor. I doubt it because they've been filming that for 18. uh, They've been filming it for 84 years. Meanwhile, Kenobi only took like a year and a half to figure out. So probably not there. Um, I love the idea of just creating a whole new show with with Reva and Roken together. Two African-American leads. And you call it Path of the Jedi. Yeah, bro. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. isn't so that cool. the, that kids show though? That's Tales of the Jedi. We're just no, gonna do everything. No, I'm of talking the Jedi. about. I'm talking about. There was a. Oh shoot! It's like a children's like Force Nickelodeon uh, attack the hidden Forces temple. Forces of Destiny is that the one you're thinking of? I think so. Maybe uh, it's like a reality show. The Jedi show. is the name of oh, Star probably. Wars Rebels season one, episode ten. So that's the first oh. thing that came out. I don't know what. I don't know. Never mind. I, I'm thinking the there's like some kids reality. There's like some kids reality Star Wars reality show. There's on like the Star Wars YouTube channel. Oh my oh. god! Yeah, with Ahmad Bess. Yeah. Yes. Oh. It was. Um, yeah. I, what's I, that I called? Jordan said Jedi it. Challenge. Something like that. Yeah. Star Wars Jedi Challenge or something. Yeah. I don't know. Carry on. Sorry, I derailed the I derailed the whole conversation. Oh, Jimoy. <laughs> uh, I, I, my last my last place here, and I I wish I didn't have another question lined up because this would be a great segue to the news. But I'll just tease it here. That Cal Jedi Kestri Temple show. Challenge. Yes, Tem- Jedi Temple. Yes. Yeah. Shout out Jordan. It's almost like he runs Wikipedia or something. <laughs> All right, what was what was the website called? What was the website called again, uh, Thomas, for the people in the back? Wikipedia.com. Mm, I would love to see Reva go to whatever Cal Kestis is gonna be doing next. Maybe she shows up in the game. Think about it. A redeemed inquisitor. Joining Star the Wars squad, Jedi Survivor. 
Uh-huh. Someone, she's a survivor. So they tried to turn. They tried to turn. Um, what was what was her name? Was she the third sister? Uh, Trilla. Trilla. Thank you. I couldn't remember her name. Trilla. Yeah. They tried to turn her, and she couldn't do it. She was too afraid. But now Reva has given up entirely on the dark side because she couldn't do it. She couldn't go through with something she thought she could. And now she's redeemed. She's a redeemed Jedi. What perfect. And not only that, she knows how to find force sensitive children the way the Inquisitors do. So now she can help Cal save any youngling that they might need. Maybe this will be a show. We'll get to that in the Rebel Report. Now, my final question for everyone. This is the big one. Did Deborah Chow overstate her comparison of Kenobi to Joker and Logan as a character study? I want to start with Jordan on this one. Uh, to be honest, I don't know the reference. Ooh, perfect. Okay. Um, so ridiculous to find on all things behind the scenes. That is all right. It was in the it was in the build up to the show. She had said, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi is kind of like Joker and Logan in the terms that it's like a deep character study, and it's a lot less of what you expect when you're going into those movies. I would disagree. I expected exactly what I got out of those movies, and I will say I kind of got exactly what I was expecting out of Kenobi, despite it being what I also didn't expect. So we'll send this one over to Jack Jacksonville Pews. <laughs> um Thomas you kind of just said it best there like it it was exactly what I expected but at the same time not what I expected. Um did she overstate it? No. No, I don't think so because if there's one thing this show did right, which there's more than one thing, but if there was one thing, it was perfectly bridge episode 3 and episode 4 and serve as episode 3.5, and you can't do that without getting into the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I will say there were a little less Obi-Wan like character moments than I thought there were going to be, and I think that goes back to my point that I said earlier of, like, I did, like, this was a year ago uh, before we knew, like, anything about this show, but, like, I thought we were going to get a lot more of Kenobi in the desert on Tatooine, learning, learning from Qui-Gon, learning about the Force, struggling with his past, all that. I thought there were going to be more moments of that. Um, so maybe not as much as I thought, but I don't think she overstated it. I, this is definitely, we got a lot of character. Uh, we got a lot of the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the show. Klein. I don't think she overstated it at all. I mean, no matter what, like every single director, everyone it, who has worked on any TV movie project ever is going to compare what they do to the best of the best. Um, not I'm, and that's me. That is a huge step. Cause I do not like the Joker movie all that much, but um, I do think that it did live up to this. I think that this was, as Jack said, if anything, a character study and it, and Ewan particularly in the work that they did with Ewan, uh, and Obi-Wan and even Anakin like they did they did, even without having Anakin himself in a lot of the show I think they did a pretty decent character study on him um, and so yeah I, th- I don't think that was hyperbole at all okay I don't have an answer to this I'm, uh, I'm perfectly in the you middle you just ask the questions exactly I don't answer any of the questions unless I fucking want to 
We're going to take a quick break from our sponsors, a.k.a. our friends, and we'll see you on the other side. Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Bethann. And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. Each episode, we talk about an artist in their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't don't do drugs! And we're back! We're gonna jump to Jack Jack. Sunville Pews with the Rebel Report. News, 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 news. We only have one big story this week because most of the news coming out in the last seven days were about Obi Wan Kenobi, and I think we covered that pretty well. Uh, Klein may not have gotten his Cal Kestis in Obi-Wan Kenobi wish, but there could be something special for the popular video game character in the near future. Star Wars Newsnet via popular YouTuber Christian Harloff reported that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order protagonist Cal Kestis will be getting his own streaming series on Disney+. Harloff had this to say, in quotes, rumor, rumor, rumor. Have to say that, not confirmed. Got this from someone I've trusted in the past, tells me this is a thing. The rumor itself at the moment is that there is a Cal Kestis show in the works for Disney+. Plus. The rumor is that the actor Cameron Monaghan has actually signed on to play the character from Jedi Fallen Order in a live-action series for Disney+. Plus. There's no production date set, but my source tells me that this is happening. Um, I'm going to give a, a couple thoughts on this first. Look, I've been a big fan of Christian Harloff for a long time, all the way back in 2015 in the Collider days. Um, actually kind of the only reason not the only reason but one of the big reasons why i'm here doing this podcast right now and i have the confidence for it and the passion for it is because of christian harloff and collider jedi council and everything that they did over at collider during those days um he really emphasized that this is a rumor he's not a guy who's gonna bullshit anything he's gonna tell you straight up um so i believe him that he definitely heard this from somebody I believe him when he say that he trusts this person, but I also believe him when he says that, you know, like, I mean, he doesn't directly say it, but he kind of implies like this could be wrong. And um, that's okay. Uh, he, he has, I think even back before 2015, he, you know, he had the Schmozno website and they were getting a lot of scoops, a lot of scoops that got confirmed. Um, so he definitely has sources in the industry. Um, so it would not surprise me at all if this is accurate. Um, whether it actually happens. I mean, they could just be discussing it at this point. From That's what I get from his statement here. But uh, Klein, I'm going to go to you first, man. Cal Kestis, you wanted him in Obi-Wan Kenobi. I guess he could still show up in next week's episode. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, I willed this into existence. Guys, I did this. This was my doing. <laughs> You're welcome. It's... I. I have thoughts. Uh, it's funny that Jack actually... Usually you read who wrote this over to the direct.com, but... I guess you didn't want to today on this story because I wrote it. I wrote that story, Jack. (laughs) And I wrote over there. I had some thoughts basically saying that uh, a lot of mainstream actors do appear in video games at times. There's, there have been plenty of examples, but 
I don't think you cast someone like Cameron Monaghan if you do not have any plans for him outside of the video game space. While I do love his digital adventures and we're going to get another one, I can't wait for it. I do think that he will show up at some point in live action and him getting his own series would make a lot of sense because this is a character that I think a lot of people have latched onto and the people who know, like the people who know love him, but uh, it's, he isn't a widespread phenomenon at this point, simply because not everyone plays video games. I'm looking at you, Jack Pews. So I think that, this feels inevitable to me and this feels very real this feels like this just things nothing's confirmed but it this feels like it's there's too many boxes too many points for it i guess is what i'll say too many boxes checked i'm so excited jordan how about you oh i know you are client jordan how about you this is a gold uh, this is a golden age and I think that's really all there is to say about it. This is just a golden age for content. Amen to that. Thomas, I loved what you had to say about Reva and Cal Kestis and Jedi Survivor. What do you got for me here? Listen, if this becomes, if, if this is real, first I want to say there's only one Monahan I want in Star Wars, and it's not Dominic Monahan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, had, I had to throw that in there. Uh, I'm so excited if this turns out to be true. A, because we get BD-1 in live action. Not just a BD droid, BD-1. I only care about numero uno. And we are going to get... Uh, I mean, all of those actors that do the... that do the mocap and voice their characters, they all are kind of de-aged into the game a little bit in the first one in Fallen Order. I've always thought it's done on that... Per- or it's done on purpose that way, simply so... As these characters age in the video games, if they come to live action, they can they can do anything, and they can be in that you know beautiful time frame of say after Kenobi but before New Hope, just as Jedi Survivor might be. I would love for Cal Kestis because remember when we were talking about the path and who may have started it? Did Cal start it? Did Sabe start it? Did they just shift the the path that Sabe was working on on Tatooine with, oh, I don't know, maybe her name is Baru White Sun Lars? Yeah, that's right. I went there. She's coming back. Uh, I I would love to have all those characters, uh, not Baru, by the way, in this Cal Kestis show to kind of just go out and save some Jedi. Like, go try and save people. Try and get people into the path. Reva working in the path? makes so much sense this path show everyone's talking about like this oh if roken goes and makes a path show oh if rava goes into the path show this is the path show guys cal kestis is the path show and the reason i think that right now with zero evidence whatsoever because i haven't played jedi survivor doesn't even exist in this reality in time and space yet but it will and when you listen to this in the future you'll see that i'm right asterisk maybe Dominic Monaghan and Cal Kestis are going to come in and they're not going to be, they're, they're not going to like, oh, we need to hide as a Jedi. No, they're going to come in and just straight up flaunt. He's going to say, you know what? I'll protect you. He's going to cane and Jarrus this shit. Whenever he needs to, he'll whip out his lightsaber and he'll slice down some stormtroopers, maybe an Inquisitor or four. Maybe we'll get to see, in, uh, what is it? The, uh, what is her name? Fourth sister? Yeah, fourth sister. Maybe we'll see fourth sister. 
I like I like how everyone's confused. Yeah, it's the green chick that's in this show that we keep forgetting mm. about exists. Yes. Um, fourth sister. Maybe we'll see more oh, yeah. fourth sister in this show. I am all in, and I want it to include all these characters we just met, except Tala, RIP, fuck. And I, I really, I want to see where this goes, dude. Like, this could go a long way. What can the path do? That's a question that I think not anybody's been asking. And that's the most important question in terms of world building. What can it do? What will it do? We still haven't even seen the smuggling of slaves off of Tatooine and other places. Granted, it's kind of only in the books, which, you know, shout out E.K. Johnson and the Queen's, Queen's Hands trilogy of Padme Amidala. Naberi. I'm all in, man. I'm all in. I think this show could be wild. It could be amazing. Um, it could also suck because, you know, all things have to be balanced in possibilities. But it won't suck. It won't suck at all. What do you think, Jack? You've already went, right? I mean, I gave some thoughts. He play video games. Hey, hey, hey now. Easy, buddy. I've said that a lot today to you, Klein, because you just got to take, take a chill. I, let, me, let me get my thoughts together. Um... Yeah, I don't really care. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't really have much to add. I mean, you guys, I don't. I don't know why. I guess it's because I haven't played the video game, even though I watched all like the the cutscenes. Um, I've watched people play this thing. I don't have like a big imagination when it comes to what the show could be, but I'm all here for it. Like, why not? I mean, we've. We green we greenlit an Andor series, and of course now we're all hyped about that. But there was a long time where it's like, why are we getting an Andor series? Uh, there's been a lot of shows, not just on the Star Wars side, that were like, why are we getting this? So I mean, why not? Like, let's see what they can do. Explore more Star Wars. Um, Thomas, I I loved your ideas there, by the way. I, I I'm like I'm kind of on board on board with that. There's there's a lot of key connections there. I'm just excited to explore more of this gap between episode three and episode four. It's something we've done a lot of, it seems like, but there's still so much to dive into. So I'm all here for it. Um, guys, if you want to know about all the latest news about the Star Wars universe, about the galaxy you love, be sure to check out the direct.com and be sure, be sure to cite your sources because it is the most important thing you can do. And we even have a Wikipedia administrator with us tonight. And I guarantee you, he would tell you you to cite your sources it's important even though sometimes we don't like to do it just do it do it for us do it for the rebellion um thomas i'm gonna kick it back over to you man remember remember listeners always cite your sources Mm. yeah it's the hardest thing to do it it really is it's easy to not cite your sources but it's hard to do the, the the work and cite your sources just like saying i'm sorry that's been that yes. this has been a show for the most part. This has been a show. What a show. Kenobi was a show. The Rebellion was a show. And we've done it. We've reached the point where I tell you to find this Reckless Rebellion podcast on Twitter at Reckless Rebels, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-R-E-B-E-L-S. Uh Kleino, where can everyone find you? I'm at the Kleinfeld everywhere. That's the word the K L E I N F E L T. Also, if you like this sort of stuff and you also like video games, come check out my video game podcast, Controller Club. You can find us on Twitter at controller underscore club or on podcast services around the globe. Ooh, Jack Jack, where can everyone find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pews, P-U-E-S. That's all one word where I'm probably going to drop my Miss Marvel reaction uh, pretty quickly here because right after we get off this, I'm going to use the bathroom and then I'm going to go watch Miss Marvel. Uh, delightful show. Jordan, where can everyone find you and Wikipedia on the interwebs? Well, if you want to find Wikipedia, you can find us at uh, wikipedia.fan or starwars.fandom.com. You can find us on Twitter at, at Wikifficial, on Instagram at, at Wikipedia, and you can find us on YouTube just by looking for Wikipedia, and we'll probably be one of the top results. And if you want to just find me, you can you can connect to me through one of those also. Chicka chicka chow. I love that. Uh, yeah, use Wikipedia. It's fantastic. You you know, if you're a Star Horse fan, you've probably used it and never even knew you were using it, man. It is it is it, it's it's the encyclopedia that one day I might contribute to. Only about Thrawn. It's my guy. What can I say? Good news. Anyone can, everyone is more than welcome to edit. It's a wiki site that anyone can edit. I have used it so many times. If you can read, you can edit. Klein, I'm sorry, bud. You can't do Damn that. Damn it. <laughs> uh we don't just like star wars um i mean we do really like star wars though so don't like get that twisted in any way we also like some other things um let's start with you klein what recommendations for the audience do you have recommendations recommendations where do i want to go we've talked about it a couple times over the last couple weeks but miss marvel please Please go and watch this show. It is, we're three episodes in. I don't know how many episodes we're getting. Jack, do you know off the top of your head? Six? Mm. So we're halfway through. It's oh, that six, makes me really? sad. I don't know. Um, it's quickly becoming, I think it's my favorite Marvel Disney Plus show. We'll see how it rounds out. I think it might be in like the top five of my MCU. Like I am, I am, I love it. Mm-hmm. Also, another shout out go watch Barry on HBO. Great. So good. Um, I watched the first couple seasons when they came out, but the third season just came out and I watched the first episode last night. Uh, and Bill Hader is just incredible. Go watch Barry and Miss Marvel. Jack, what about you? Ooh, what should be my recommendation? Um, I will say this. Go see Lightyear. What? You've yes. seen it. You've, Great. you've seen it. Yes. Sci-fi yes, movie. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, Jordan's with me. This movie is fantastic. It's like it's a really good sci-fi movie. Just like forget about Toy Story. Um, but I was a big Buzz Lightyear fan, like growing up. Like I mean, we were all Toy Story fans, I bet. But specifically, I was just a nut about Buzz. So this, <laughs> I tweeted out. This uh, movie got a bigger pop out of me than Multiverse of Madness did, which I never would have thought in a million years if you told me that at the beginning of this year. Um, so if you just want a good time, if you, if you want to feel good, if you want to have a fun adventure in space, uh, go see it, uh, enjoy the movies, enjoy the theaters. Jordan, what recommendations for the audience do you have? I'm going to echo the light year cause that movie was fantastic. I'm also going to throw out the boys season yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what they're, uh, mm, uh, mm. Uh, we're not a delicate show. Uh, Lights, Thunder, Action, my co-host, John Ross Bradford, uh, he wraps up every week by texting me, why is Starlight always getting fucked at the end of the episode? Because something bad always happens to Starlight 
in the it's last true. three episodes, and I'm just getting angry every time I watch it. How do you how do you feel about all that, Jordan? I've accepted at this point that this show is going to absolutely um, end on a dark note every single episode, and I've accepted that. At this point, I'm just thinking, how how bad could it be? How much worse could it be? I still have yet to watch a second of The Boys. Klein, let me oh sell you really gosh. quick. Let me sell you. There's dildos going you through brains. So, okay, you don't need to sell me, Thomas. Everyone tells me that this is like this is my show. Like this show is made for me. I just I I it's my white whale. You know. I, I have so many references to make from uh, last week's episode. Not uh, oh my god, dude, that, dildo through brains. That's my sell to you. It's not, it's not spoiler for anyone here. Yeah, yeah, it's fan. Fantastic. I am going to recommend Hustle on Netflix, oh, uh, recommended, yeah. recommended by Savannah Sanders last week, and I watched it, and I cried for most of the freaking movie, man. That wow. has that movie has two of the greatest training montages of all time in the same movie. Two. Two top five training montages. I will argue better than every Rocky training montage. Also, the two, like... Lots of lots of NBA talent in this movie, oh but the main character who, who is an NBA player, if you didn't know he was an NBA player, like you would think, man, what a great actor. Like, yeah. and then the and then the villain of the movie also fantastic, and he's an NBA player. I was blown away. I didn't know that until JRB pointed it out to me on Monday. Yeah, I was like, wait, he plays like he's in the league. He's like, yeah, he played for the Celtics. I'm like, well, that's why that thing happened in the movie. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, and I didn't know that until the end of the movie that Kermit was uh, Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, these guys are great actors. Like, this is amazing. And he's like, yeah, no, that's just Anthony Edwards. That's just who he is. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> that other guy's a great him, but... actor. It's amazing. <laughs> it was. It's a good movie. It's like it's. You'll have a lot of fun with it. It's a mm-hmm. nice way to spend two hours. It's not gonna like. It, it it's not I wouldn't call it like a five star movie by any means, but like it's the most three and a half star movie you will watch all year, and you will love every second of it. Okay, three and a half. Yeah, I I definitely give it four. Uh, I just think the performances alone bumped it up so high because I didn't know what to expect going in, and then really to wrap this up, it's a it's a one man, it's a two man uh, story. It's a two man plot basically. The and whole one time. of them's Adam Sandler. And one of them is Adam Sandler with the weird scar on his hand that they really foreshadow. Um, but yeah, no, movie's great. I give it four stars. Um, and to wrap this up, Jack-Jack. Uh, as many of you know, uh, me, Kleinfeld, David Thompson, work at thedirect.com. Um, we cite our sources every week. And it always comes from the direct.com because we love everybody there. Um, I swear, I, I love the direct.com and its podcast, the direct podcast. Uh, even if I didn't work there, I, I would be all over that website, I'd be all over the podcast just because what they're, they're just doing great things. So there's so many hard workers, there are so many passionate people. And one of those passionate people from the get go since we started uh, was Liam Crowley. And if you don't know anything about Liam Crowley, let me just tell you this. He's one of the hardest working people I know. He's one of the most talented people I know. And he's one of the most kindest, sweetest people I know. Um, That dude is a superstar with everything he does. And sadly, um, he is leaving the direct.com. He's leaving the direct podcast. 
uh, he's going off to do bigger, better, greater things uh, that I can't even fathom. Um, he just announced this today uh, on their, this week's episode of the Direct Podcast at the very end. Um, it's funny. I, I saw a tweet from Matt Remke, and he, he he said something about the show. He's like, this is a show me and Liam are really proud of. Like, please, like, just give it a listen. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I went to the show. I look at the time codes, and at the very end, it says there's an announcement. And I'm like, well, this announcement seems to be 20 minutes long, a little over 20 minutes long. I don't know what this could be. Um, and then Liam just started talking about goodbyes. He graduated this May. Um, it's it's a hard thing because the direct podcast has been my favorite podcast since they really, since they came out uh, so engaging and so much fun. And it, it does help that I know the guys and I just, I know how passionate they are about this stuff. And Liam just want to tell you, man, that podcast, what you might've done. Uh, I already said this to you. I shot you a DM, but like it has inspired me so much. It's helped me embrace who I am and who I want to be. It's helped me love what I love passionately and unapologetically. Um, and it's just inspired me to, uh, continue to delve into the space and just do things that I want to do like this podcast. Uh, so thank you for everything you've done. And I'm going to kick it over to Klein and Thomas guys, you say something. Cause I am just sad now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get, I'm going to get emotional too. Uh, Liam directly talking to you here congratulations man like ever since i first i came on to the direct later than everyone else uh later than liam later than you jack um and i can remember sitting or not sitting down but i can remember talking to liam for the first time and going this how old is this kid like oh what what he's in he's in college still he's younger than me I know. I'm like instantly this kid's a superstar and he's going to be a superstar. And every edit, I can remember editing words last fall uh, of his because I've edited I've edited so many Liam articles at this point, uh, editing an article last fall and then seeing those words pop up in an Eternals trailer and just like with my mouth agape going, holy crap, Lee, like Liam is a superstar and he's only going to go up from here. This is just the beginning. Buy stock now because it's going <laughs> to the moon, man. Like it is absolutely incredible. He should be so proud what he's done at the direct him, uh, Liam and Matt together. But it's, it's sad. They're the duo to me and it's sad to see him go, but I'm excited to see what he does next. Like, and this won't Same. be I, this won't be the end for Liam. Like like we will we will <laughs> no, continue to talk no to him. Way. We will continue to talk to him. He will probably come on the show. Uh, but yeah, he's got some last Jedi arguments to make. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, Liam, we love you, man. Uh, we do a I, lot. When I, when I found really out do, that <laughs> you were over a decade younger, like nearly a decade younger than me. It it uh it shook me because I was like, damn, dude, like I need to learn how to speak or something because I sound like a fucking child, and I have a civil engineering degree, but I still don't know how to learn to talk good. Uh, and just you are you are passionate, you are uh, encouraging, and more than anything, you're compassionate, and that is my favorite thing about you. It is why you are Captain america it's funny i'm thor he's captain america he's six five i'm five ten that's what happens when you dip around in multiverses man uh heights are all <laughs> relative you know what i'm saying um but we love you and we'll be seeing you on sometime in the next nine weeks because what are we doing starting next week jack jack 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So starting next week, we got a little bit of a gap between now and Andor. The Reckless Rebellion will be starting their rewatch of the Skywalker saga with episode one, The Phantom Menace. Guys, this is going to be an incredible journey to go on. Um, And guys, I actually booked... I I mean, we don't have a day or a time yet because we don't really know exactly what the schedule is going to look like, but I did... Uh, pencil in i booked in liam for the force awakens because it is definitely his favorite of the sequel movies by far let's go and i think one of his favorite star wars movies so i can't wait to have him on and i honestly i'd love to have him on before that if we do a little game a little draft i don't know let's mix it up mm. a little bit absolutely we'll see you in six weeks there liam because we'll see you in seven weeks liam eight weeks from today i guess i don't know math is hard you know i'm tired um I'm very excited for this. The Phantom Menace and Jack Jack, you weren't here when we did this little production meeting earlier because uh, you were on time instead of early like we were because we're old and bored. Uh, we're going to be doing live rankings essentially as we go. So, you know, each episode that we watch <laughs> will be immediately ranked. So, obviously, shout out the Phantom Menace already ranked at number one. It can't be lower than number one when it's the first freaking film. Will it last? At least for two weeks. Probably because not. Because let's not act like the Attack of the Clones is better than Phantom Menace <laughs> or more enjoyable. Um, that is very, very, very biased statement from Thomas. I will accept that. I understand. I'm going to piss off a lot of people. I vehemently hate half of Attack of the Clones. And then there's the 45-minute badass fight at the end that saves everything that happens. But also, I still hate the <laughs> other stuff. Uh, it's, it is what it is, but you know what? It's still not the worst one. Or will it be? I don't know. I don't remember my rankings right now, but it's pretty low. It's pretty low in the list. But sentience and droids, we've 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 reached the end of the episode four different times. Remember, the force is your ally and a powerful ally. It is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. Thank you to Wikipedia administrator Supreme Emperor Jordan for joining us, man. Thank you so much, brother. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Of course. And as always, this was podcasting. Yippee! Are you an angel? I am an angel. Thank you very much, little Annie. What? Deadpool 3 (laughs) is rumored to be uh, the plot is take Deadpool, drop him into a new universe. What would you do with Deadpool in the Star Wars universe? Climb, Take go. pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. I, you know what? I'd, I'd watch that. There's no Just better imagine, answer. Imagine, there's, there's imagine, and, and I wouldn't even, okay, here's the thing. I wouldn't even take him pod racing to a universe that we haven't, or like to like a pod race we haven't seen. I would just take young Annie and put the Deadpool in that instead of young Annie. So he's having oh the same God. interactions with Sebalda. <laughs> like it's, it is just, it's identical. Oh my God. If I don't move, the fuck is that language? Uh, <laughs> Jordan, what would you do with Deadpool in uh, Star Wars? You know what? I'm thinking this is a good time for us to bring up a, a Star Wars what if series. I think we should do that. 
Oh my god, yeah. What if? <laughs> yeah, I, th- th- you can do so many things. We did a whole episode on what if we changed Star Wars, and I didn't have anything good, but Klein and David were prepared. Let me tell you. Well. Uh, a, a what if Star Wars? Ooh, that's perfect for some Deadpool. Jack, Jack. Visions. What would you do with Deadpool? I would, I would make, I would replace <laughs> Mando with Deadpool, and he's the protector of Grogu, <laughs> and they're going on adventures together. <laughs> okay, oh, would that be amazing? That would be fun. I don't think I have anything as fun as what you guys have. I just want to see him with two lightsabers, and I kind of want to see him destroy, um, I don't know, like half of a planet or something. Like a, a planet of bad guys, though. I got you. We'll drop him into a, the Clone Wars, give him two lightsabers, and he's got to fight the entire Separatist army. And remember, he can't die, so that'll be fun. 